Last time on Cloudfall. Our adventurers got a little bit of retail therapy, and who doesn't love that, especially after a night like they just had? They took a walk around town with the help of Phenom's illusions to stay hidden from the blight. With the limited funds they had, they settled on visiting a discount magic store where they procured tools for their journey, and a bow for their journey. They made their way to Lake Orthir, where Poppy picked up her mobile bakery known as the Rolling Pin. They finally made one last stop to check on Doran's old friend Rune, but they were spotted by the Blight. Looks like it's time to set sail, provided they survive. Last we left off, three of you were in the wagon, Poppy, Guy, and Aaron, while Doran was saying goodbye to Rune in his basement salvage yard dwelling. It is time to go. The Blight are on you. Journey, you are en route. Uh, you see the bad news. It is not far away from you, but of course you're invisible with the help of... Hidden Step. That's right. Um, you can see Doran in the distance, um, but the other group is closing in on your wagon. In the wagon. What are the three of you doing? Uh, should, should I go? Should I wait? Should I? I they're coming after us. Uh, you recognize you recognize them from from last night. I mean, it was hard to see. Everyone was just like clamoring for cookies, and yeah. and then there was a boom, and 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 everyone fell. They're they're from the blight. Uh, I think they're after me. Great, just great. Thank you. I'm gonna have my shop destroyed, and. All of the stealing will be for nothing, and 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 I just don't. They are probably after all of us, as Phenom said. Aaron is scoping out the uh, or the street we're on. Are we in the middle of the street? Are we near one side of it? You're parked in front of Rune's shop, so there are some nearby alleyways you could sneak into. It'd be a tight fit for the rolling pin, but you'd make it. Quick, Poppy, is there a hatch? Uh, what do you? I mean, there's like. Can the, I get to the roof? There's a vent above the okay, oven. Um, Aaron's going to immediately uh, climb up above the oven and shove um, her shoulder against a vent to try to open it. Well, don't, I mean, don't break it. There's a latch. Yeah, you hear a violent pop oh. as it opens up. I paid so much for that. I'm going to climb out and try to shuffle onto a nearby roof. I'm going to jump off the rolling pin onto a nearby roof and try to climb up the True. roof. As you're heading up, you feel a hand grab around your ankle and you hear Phenom. It says, where are you going? Everyone stays inside this wagon. No, they're coming for me. I have to get out of here. They're going to destroy Poppy's home. Trust me, it's fine if they come for you. They won't get past me. They're going to keep tracking me no matter what. I knew I knew it was a bad idea to go with you guys. I don't know what kind of establishment you think this is, but I did not prepare for attacks. There's no, like, shield or anything. Listen to me. There's not going to be any attacks. We just need to all be together. Don't make this difficult. Two of us are already gone, Phenom. Two? He, like, looks around, doesn't see Journey. What sort of trickery do you have planned for this cart? 
he pulls down the like Venetian blinds and looks outside at the crowd approaching. And he says, a whole lot. We just need to get together. Damn it, where are they? Guy touches his echo bell and says, um... Doran, Doran, can you hear me? Oh, uh, um... Guy, I think I have. I was trying to call Doran. (laughs) I only, I think I have it. Though these are the only two. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) There's like a feedback because we're right next to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Cutting over to uh, Journey, you are at the top of the stairs. You can see Doran. He is kind of on his heels. It looks like he's hesitating to leave. Yeah, I'm gonna run right up to him and uh, Doran. Ah, Doran, I'm invisible. We gotta go. We gotta go. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Extremely trusting with the disembodied voice behind him. Dorma. 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 This is uh, Journey, right? Yeah, it's me. We got to get going. The blight is here. Okay. Yeah, I try and pull him along. Still invisible. Okay. Doran has, pulls out his new dagger and is kind of like playing with it, like flipping it around, but doing it for the intention of having it on the ready. Okay. Yeah. And keep in mind, you're both uh, still disguised. I believe you all look like vagabonds at the current moment, uh, thanks to Phenom's illusions. Uh, Doran, not invisible. You hobble your way back towards the wagon. Journey, you can see the trio approaching you from the other side of the wagon. You're about equidistant, kind of racing toward it. What do you do? I am going to cast Thorn Whip at whoever's in front of the trio. That would be mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. <laughs> My intention is to um, grab at her ankles to try and trip her and like disrupt their movement and okay. their momentum towards the cart while we keep running. Mm, that's an unnatural 21. <laughs> awesome. Okay. You grab her right around her ankles and you drop her to the ground. She kind of like lands on her butt. You didn't intend for this to happen, but she also happened to land in a whole lot of mud in the cobbles here. (laughs) Uh, She is instantly filthy and extremely upset. She begins standing up, and you can see little sparks start to shake out from her fingertips as she brushes off her clothes. She takes four damage. Okay, real damage here. See where that gets you. I see we're going that route. Uh, I'm going to pick up pace. Okay. And Journey, I believe that would break you out of invisibility. Is that correct? Okay. You are visible as well. And running. And running to keep pace with Doran. <laughs> Aaron, your ankle is still being held by Phenom. Uh, he is kind of like looking out the window while he's got you. He looks up at you. He lets go of your ankle and he says, please. What are you going to do? He actually smiles at you and he says, just give me one chance. Fine, but you have to get that crystal from them or break it. They're going to keep following me. He... He looks concerned. He kind of like searches the ground for answers and looks up at Roland and he says, what do you think? Roland looks back and he says, yeah, I can do that. Aaron will drop back down into the rolling pin. Oh, careful. The, there's a stack of, no, never mind. I knock a bunch of pots and pans over. <laughs> I had those so organized. There's a bunch of dust and wood splinters that fall from the ceiling as she comes back down too. <laughs> Sorry. Roland says, puppy. Uh, yes. As soon as you hear the kick, I need you to punch it. You understand? Uh, Is that correct? (laughs) He's like almost out the door and he goes, yeah. (laughs) Uh, He closes the door and he goes, hey, long time no see. Kind of muffled outside and you hear mercy and you can hear this as she's 
winding up a bigger and bigger gout of flame between her hands. You will all look into the center of the room and see Phenom. He gives you one word. Showtime. When he opens the door, you see all around this alley, from every shop door, from every alleyway, from every rooftop, hundreds of people are jumping down. A throng, a meshing, massive throng, running into each other, sprinting in absolute chaos, the ruffle of clothes and screaming and shouting coming from every single direction. The trio is lost among this crowd. Phenom is now outside of the thing with Roland. They're trying to create the biggest spectacle they can to give you cover. Out the window, you can see Roland throw a cloud at the rolling pin. He's levitating it to make it even lighter than it is, and you hear him kick it from behind to give it a little speed. Go! Are they back? Do we just go? Go, puppy. They will catch up. Oh, I'm... Okay. <laughs> Good driving Whatever sound effects. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Poppy, it's unfortunate that nobody mentioned it until now that the rolling pen is a top speed of five miles per hour. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going. Yeah! <laughs> the extra weightlessness gives you a little bit of uh, peppy in your steppy, but it's not going that fast anyway. Would it help if I got out and pushed? <laughs> yeah, I might. Dorn and Journey, outside, you can hear... Hundreds of phenoms are rushing past you. Each of them is like, sorry, excuse me, sorry, 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 excuse me, excuse me, sorry, sorry. What? It is just flooded with people running past you. I think they're buying us time. Let's get into that rolling pin. Yeah, let's go. As you're moving, they're kind of almost like making a little like part of the sea kind of path for you between all of them, gesturing. And they're like, wagons over here, over here, over here, journey, over here, over here. Yeah, journey runs up to the cart and sees that it's going at its top speed. And instead of hopping on, she grabs the back and starts like flintstoning on the ground to try and give it a little bit of kick of speed. Yeah, give me an athletics check. Bing, bing. Meet the fur bolt. <laughs> oh, that's good. 16. Okay, yeah. Uh, to your surprise, Journey, you're actually doing uh, quite a bit of difference here. <laughs> you're really pushing this thing along. Maybe yeah, seven work. miles per hour. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Dang. Journey, journey, do. We're going to break the sound barrier. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Journey, I, as I step in. <laughs> like casually. <laughs> do like a little hop skip to. <laughs> um, there is uh, Doran and Journey. As soon as you step into the wagon, there is a hand reaching through the back door and it says, little help. Yeah, I reach behind me and grab. Yeah, you grab the only solid hand among the hundreds of illusionary ones <laughs> and you help the real phenom back into the wagon. Strangely enough, during all of this, Phenom dropped the illusion on himself. When you pull him into the wagon, for the first time you see him with no illusion magic. But naked. Yeah, he never wears clothes. <laughs> uh, he's, he is handsome, but he's not as ludicrously perfect as his illusions make him all the time. But he's also scarred. Like his face and his arms have all these like discolored raised lines. And he's got kind of a bony angular face, but it looks really tired. He's also wearing armor all the time. Uh, he's got studded leather underneath everything he wears, uh, and he's got three short blades that all look the same that are going up uh, the middle of his back. You see like a little flicker, and he kind of turns it all back on to look pretty again. And he goes, oh, excuse my rudeness. Is that everybody? Uh, Not quite. He's like looking out the back door for Roland. Roland. Well, Roland can fly, can he? No. 
He looks back at you and he goes, kind of. <laughs> just float. All right. Is there anything we need to do or do we just keep watching? No, we keep going as fast as we can. We yep. can trust him. I'm on it. Aaron's just looking nervously out a window um, and pulls their crossbow out and sort of aims it out a window, just preparing if they need to take a shot. They're ready. Okay. Uh, at that moment, Aaron, you see Roland emerge from the crowd. And when he does, he throws out a hand and he throws the crystal into the wagon. And then he stutters and falls. No. What do you guys do? Anyone else see that or just Aaron? You all saw it. Except for me because my eyes are yeah, you're on, the on the road and my hands are at 10 and 2. There you go. Phenom, Roland's down. We need to help him. No, he, he'll he be fine. He's been through worse. Um, if you say so. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Bye. <laughs> he he looks a little shaken when you say if you say so. <laughs> Aaron didn't actually say that. That was a Hannah joke. Fair enough. <laughs> Insight on Phenom? Just to see, like, yeah, if he... Natural one. <laughs> wow. As soon as he says Roland's going to be fine, you're like, okay, good. And you start looking at the road ahead of you again. Oh, my God. <laughs> I really wish I didn't roll. <laughs> How close is Roland to the cart? Uh, you don't know. You, uh, I mean, you're not very far past him because you're not going all that fast, mm-hmm. but you lost him in that crowd of illusions again after he fell. Phenom, you better part the sea again and Journey hops out. Do I keep driving or what? Yes, keep driving. And he has the illusions separate from each other so that you can see Roland. He's got his back to the wagon now, and he is like actively fending off the blight that are attacking him. Um, when he turns back to you, you can see he's got blood on his clothes. I run up to him and I cast Cure Wounds. Okay. And then I take out my bow and start backing up again to try and provide cover. Okay. Yeah, give me a healing on that Cure Wounds. Yeah. That better not be your own blood. Four. As you draw the bow back, they stop running after him and kind of look at you. You know, they're about to get shot. They don't know what to do. Um, Roland takes your cover and he starts advancing towards the wagon again. Yeah, I'm going to start walking backwards and just pointedly looking at each of them in the eye and saying, remember me? I killed a bunch of your friends. I won't even hesitate. The red-haired one looks at you and says, You remember me? Can't say that I do. (laughs) Well, you're gonna. Alrighty then, and then I (laughs) book it. (laughs) Um, As soon as uh, Aaron sees Journey and Roland turn to come back towards the wagon, um, Aaron's gonna shoot. Okay, yeah, you've got a clear shot all the way back to Mercy. We're taking turns covering each other's exits. Ooh, it's bad, it's bad. Oh, damn. (laughs) Yep, so that is going to be seven. Okay. It's a warning shot. It's a distraction. Yeah. yeah. You shoot your crossbow off into the crowd, and one of Phenom's illusions catches it right in the heart, and it kind of puts its hands over its chest and goes, ah, ah, and like holds its hand out towards the wagon, and it's like, I've been shot, and then it falls over dead. <laughs> Aaron, you've killed Phenom. <laughs> no, it, it's an illusion. I don't, yeah. Um, I'm trying to load another crossbow bolt. Yeah. Uh, it distracts the blight for a split second before Mercy launches a scorching ray at Journey. No. This shop is made of wood. 17? Oh, uh, yeah, that hits. Natural 20? Uh, yeah, that hits. And crits? 14. Yeah, that hits. Ooh, I'm going to die, y'all. 
How close did I get to the cart, though, in my bad dash? <laughs> um, I'd say you're a mere 10 feet from the cart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna die. Yeah, that's 42 fire damage. Fuck! What is your max health? 25. You see the Scorching Ray start off, and the first one blazes into the cobbles and carves a line of molten rock up to you and scorches your boot, kind of finding you. The second one knows exactly where you are and catches you in the chest. The third one gets your shoulder as you turn to run, and everything fades to black. You're down. Yep. Can I act? Yeah. Doran says, feel better soon, Journey, and casts Healing Word. Ooh. Yeah, so... Okay. Yeah. Um, Get well soon. Second level, so 2d4 plus 3. Okay. Five. <laughs> five total? Five total. Okay. Cool. Uh, Journey, almost as soon as you hit the cobbles, you are suddenly awakened. It almost felt like a bounce, <gasps> and you're back on your knees. Um, yeah, I start hobbling back to the cart. You hear Mercy from far behind you, Journey. She goes, what the fuck? <laughs> And Journey looking up, Doran is leaning half out the back of the wagon, like with his hand towards you. Gesturing, like, come here. Yeah, I'm gonna run and reach out to Doran. Okay. Are you on fire? I'm a little bit on fire. Okay, there's a flame retardant blanket right next to the stove. I, like, <laughs> grab onto Doran and kind of, like, launch myself into the cart, like, fully laying down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guy drops the blanket on Journey. Thanks, guy. <laughs> Aaron, as all this is going on, uh, they are going to run to the door and shift into um, a duplicate of Phenom's duplicates and um, run out into the crowd. And I'm going to take out a dagger. Uh, and We gotta stop getting out of the cart. <laughs> the cart is not moving too fast. Yeah, it's not fast enough. You know, I think, I think Aaron realizes the cart isn't gonna be able to outrun the blight. They don't have the crystal anymore. Um, so perhaps can try to do a sneak attack, hurt Mercy, and just distract them enough to let everyone else escape. Um, so I'm going to try for a sneak attack, pretending to be one of the crowd. Yeah. I mean, you're one of, you know, 400 illusions running around in this place right now. They've got no earthly way of perceiving you as a threat. Go ahead and make an attack with advantage. I hate that dice. You're dead to me. <laughs> It is a 14 to hit. That hits Mercy. Yes, and a stab. Yes, and a sneak attack as well. Yes, so it is 1d4 plus 3 plus 7. 14 total damage to Mercy with my wow. stab. Shank. A stab from the crowd. And it's not the first time she's been hit either. A punch in the night. <laughs> a punch, a punch in the night. <laughs> stab in the crowd. Is <laughs> worth two punches in the night. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um, you can hear Mercy kind of talking to Ribbo and Derringer under her breath as you're approaching her. She's like, I don't think they can keep up these illusions very long. And when it's over, she kind of uh, does like a hands going up motion. She's like, I can't wait. She's kind of like pointing to like who she's going to kill first. And you get the chance to stab. I'm going to go for a kill stab and try to stab her in the kidney. Okay. Yeah, you uh, sink your knife into her all the way down to the hilt and pull it back out. It's about as much as you can do with the dagger. You hear a shriek of pain as she wheels around and looks for the assailant. 
her eyes are watering and that she starts like blinking heavily, like she's kind of losing her footing. And then she just starts throwing firebolts in every direction. You see her take out a scorching ray and just spin it around in a circle such that she actually drags it across Derringer's face. Mm. And he like spirals out of the way. I'm going to duck down into a little turtle shell moment okay. <laughs> um, and do my ripcord belt. This better work and shut my eyes and pull it. Okay. Fun debut. Um, you pull <laughs> the ripcord quite literally. This thing is lined with little silver capsules all the way around it. When you pull that, half of the silver capsules start emitting a huge cloud of smoke that occludes the entire area. The other half of the capsules shoot out these little, you know, those little spinning fireworks that land on the ground and go. Yes. <laughs> it's those, but like 200 of them. Um, and they're extremely bright and they strobe. Um, everyone in this 20 foot circle is blinded and deafened. Sick. Cool. And did I, avoid, did I do enough to avoid it? You didn't know what it does yeah. until now. Um, I think you knew which direction to run and you had that in mind as your plan. So you emerge deafened and blinded from this, but you have this like ghostly image of where the wagon is right now. Cool. I just dashed to the wagon then. Okay. It appears Aaron has exploded. <laughs> no. Phenom looks around and goes, Aaron, where did she go? Guy points to the big cloud of smoke behind them. He puts his hands in his hair and he's like, oh my God, stop leaving the wagon, please. I'll go get her. Don't worry. No. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'll stop. Okay. Can you guys stop being on fire, please, for like two seconds? I'm not on fire anymore, right? The blanket put me out. Yes. Blanket put you out. You're still smoldering in places. The illusions are still there. They're still, you know, crowding the area. Um, after that smoke bomb went off, you know, they're trying to find their direction again. Now, every time you guys turn a side street, Phenom is changing what the wagon looks like. He's also creating duplicates of you every time you turn and sends them in a different direction. Wow. That's so many rolling pins. That was a really close call. I, You just see blood on Aaron's hand, what the dagger is. He tries to, like, wipe it off. How did it go back there? I don't know. I, I just ran for it after pulling the ripcord belt. I think if we can get further away faster they don't have the crystal anymore to track me well i'm going as fast as my dad says to go on residential streets so <laughs> phenom's looking at you like with huge wild eyes he's like it's okay to go against your parents poppy <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying <laughs> that's crazy talk he gets up close to you and grabs your shoulders and he goes this is life and death babe <laughs> okay 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 fine and i like shift something behind the steering wheel and we go a little faster. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah like two miles <laughs> boom, faster. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Um, I don't even have seatbelts. The uh, action dies down such that when you near the spire, the illusions get very lazy and kind of tired and Phenom's like making a spectacle of having them look exhausted after chasing the wagon. So they're all kneeling over and breathing heavy. But you make it back intact and conscious, all of you. Roland's got some knife wounds that he's dealing with uh, even after the healing. Uh, journey, your burns are not entirely healed. I'm in not great shape. I'm in very bad shape. Uh, please don't get blood on anything. There is a sink with rainwater. It might be a little late for that, Poppy. Not uh, a lot of blood dripping, but a lot of melted, burnt pieces. I'm sorry for getting it in your cart. Probably a first aid kit under the under the counter. I don't know if that'll do it. You pull out the first aid kit and it's got bandages with like little cookies on them. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the bandages are like two inches wide. 
They're kind of me sized. I've got big old patches of like burnt to a crisp skin. Yeah. Just putting one bandage on a third degree burn that takes up half your arm. I think that hurts a little worse than just leaving a bee. <laughs> Poppy, this is what I meant when I suggested we transform the rolling pin into a war vehicle. <laughs> I know what you meant, Guy, but I don't think that a tank is going to sell cookies. You know, armor is a little intimidating. I'd buy it. <laughs> you all hear Phenom start in. He says, all right, we're back at the spire. I, I need some air. He uh, steps out of the wagon and kind of shows the daylight of this place. You've all settled onto a bridge that will soon begin floating upwards against the tower uh, to raise you to the proper level where you will be boarding the skyship. Phenom is kind of walking around the wagon, kind of like inspecting it. You can all see now that he kind of lost the plot at some point. Now the wagon is just called Taco Taco Taco. <laughs> uh, he was running out of ideas towards the end. <laughs> and now it's just stuck on that. It's just blazing orange and like flashing taco. <laughs> He's kind of looking at it with his arms crossed. And he says, a person only has so much creativity. <laughs> Maybe I should sell tacos. <laughs> As you're all lifting on the bridge, you can see the ship that you're going to get onto. Um, it's called the Heavenly Feather. It is the ship from Dawn's Edge or built by the rebels of Dawn's Edge, the people that came to farewell. It's a beautiful craft. Um, it looks a lot like a nautical sailing ship, uh, you know, like a bulbous wooden under construction, uh, some metal trim, and then giant white sails. Journey's kind of like... Crouched slash seated on the floor of the cart with her elbows on her knees, and she grabs the crystal off of the ground and uh, looks at Aaron. Aaron, you can we destroy this? Should I? Uh, I mean, I don't really know exactly what it is, but it uh, it was used to track me. I mean, I'm all for destroying it, but I I don't know how, and I I don't know what it's tied to. I don't know if they have more. It, this is the only one I've seen. Can I do some sort of... This isn't going to go well. My arcana is bad. Can I do a check to see if I can understand if breaking this would make it stop? Oh, sure. Yeah. Can, can Bert show up and do an arcana check? Yes. <laughs> well, I could Shit, look can at Tibio? it. Can yeah. <laughs> I've got good arcana, so if you... Well, Poppy should say something. Yeah, you can both take a look. <laughs> yeah, Journey holds it up. And uh, kind of looks at it and tilts her head and tries to get a sense of it. Yeah, give me Arcana. Natural 20. Damn. Well, shit. Which makes it a 19. <laughs> oh, my God. You have a negative Arcana? <laughs> yeah, I do, too. <laughs> mm. What is it made out of? That's not all I want to know, but that's a starting point. Rock candy. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not what you would call like a precious mineral. It's just quartz, uh, but it's exceptionally clear and it's enchanted. You can also tell that through uh, the kind of violence here that it was cracked when it was thrown. It might not even function correctly anymore. Okay. You all see Journey's teeth elongate and her face get a little more feral and her um, fingers turn into claws. And she just like tries to like crush slash scratch it to try and damage it more and, like, get it to just be pieces that can't be used ever again. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to say that would be a strength check, maybe. Let's uh, do a strength check. Yeah, I could do a strength check. Let's do that. I I did cast – that was me casting Primal Savagery. Okay. Let's do this. For the Primal Savagery, I'll have you take advantage on the strength check. Okay. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, the primal savagery gives me acid damage. Yeah, good angle. Got acid teeth. I got another nat 20. Whoa. Oh, shit. All right. Fuck. Don't waste them all. You all see Journey grab this thing in her palm and try to crush it and let go, and it doesn't make any difference. She tries to snap it by kind of pressing it between her thumb and forefinger, and she, out of frustration, puts it in her mouth, and she bites <laughs> down on it, and you hear this crunch, and then she just spits out all the pieces on the ground. And a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> and they're smoking a little bit for some reason. Yeah. You can see wow. it. Yeah. There's a little bit of like blue smoke actually. And you can hear this like as the magic fades out of it. I wow. didn't know people could do that. Well, we're not going to have to worry about it anymore. There's plenty of food in the car. To, <laughs> you know. But yeah, Journey looks up at Aaron. I got your back. Uh, thanks. Um, Aaron kind of slumps into a chair and looks just relieved. I think that was how they tracked me for as long as I can remember. Can all members of the Blight be tracked in this way? I don't think so. I don't know. They have to have something um, that you, a physical object that you are very attached to or a literal piece of you, i.e. blood. Okay. Yeah, I think they use blood of all the members. It's kind of part of what they sign up for when they join, uh, those who join by choice. Even the leaders then? Diver? Would anyone be able to track him? I don't know. I guess, like, if I were the leader, why would I give my blood for anything? When we were little, I just remember, well, that woman you saw back there, Mercy is her name, um, she... She kind of raised the kids in the blight that they took from their parents or orphans. You know, just she would collect the blood from everyone and keep them somewhere. In addition to just being a generally terrible woman to be raised by, um, she kind of acted as a nurse, I guess. I'm, I'm sorry. It must have been hard. It wasn't nice, I guess. Last night was the nicest place I've ever slept in. Oh, me too. Wow. Did you sleep? Oh, I can't remember who had a bed. Most of you chose to sleep <laughs> on the floor. And... I slept in a bed and it was so comfy. <laughs> well, you're free for now. It, yes, it seems you have returned the favor by taking her blood. That's right. Your dagger, does it? Well, perhaps we don't need to track her now. Well, maybe Phenom can use that blood to track Mercy. Maybe Mercy knows where Daver is. Um, sure, I guess, if that's what they want to do. Aaron looks down at the bloody daggers she's still clutching, and they say whatever they need, but I don't want to be a part of it anymore. I just want out. We're going to be gone soon anyway. Uh, I think I have one in here somewhere. Hold on. Oh, here we go. A small jar. For you, it's empty. You can put the uh, you can put the blood in there, I guess. Aaron tries to like scrape some blood, I guess, into yeah. this jar, this vial. With the depth of the cut, it's actually pretty achievable. Even though you would wipe some off on your shirt, the other side of the blade, you can just run your finger down it and kind of squeegee the blood into the vial. Gross. That's and so anything gross. that's dried, you could scrape yeah. off. Uh, Aaron just takes the next like five minutes or whatever and tries to clean as much off of themselves as they can and get the blood into the vial. The wagon is kind of growing quiet over that next five minutes as Aaron works on this blood and you're all kind of 
taking on the solemn idea of what that might mean in the future. And then you hear this muffled voice come back to the wagon. Here you have them, your five brave adventurers. And he opens the back door to the wagon, and you can see about 40 to 70 sailors that are all lined up in a perfect row, all wearing the same clothes. Um, They've got, like, light pants and loose white billowing shirts. You can see on the ship itself, on the heavenly feather before you, there are sailors jumping off the masts, like the crow's nest up top, and they're holding onto ropes as they do, and so they're like pulling up all the sails as they're raising. Um, in true classic sailor fashion, they are getting this whole thing ready for you. In the Navy. Exactly. <laughs> but what they reveal is a tired and bedraggled, nearly dead group of five people, one of them maybe still smoldering uh, after all that action. I'm singed. I keep putting out patches of my hair. And Aaron is actively scraping old blood into a vial. <laughs> and Phenom has introduced you as guests of honor aboard the Heavenly Feather. Do all of these sailors look like Phenom? No. Okay, <laughs> okay good. good. <laughs> None of them do. They look very distinct from him. And each other? And each other. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Phenom looks at all of you and goes, <laughs> You only gave us five minutes. He shrugs, and then he points at uh, your group, and you all look a little bit prettier. Um, Journey, you don't feel any better, but you look better. Great. He trots you out of the wagon, and he says, please, please, come meet your new crew. Attention? Not necessary. Okay. I don't know how this works. (laughs) Journey crouches on the ground again. (laughs) Just everybody standing up, and Journey's just like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) (laughs) uh-uh. Phenom kind of looks down, and he goes, come on, come on. I'm real hurt, man. Just real hurt. Okay, yeah, we can. Um, there is a medic. Hold on. He uh, goes and talks to somebody, and they bring them over to you. Uh, an old man kind of kneels down to you, and he says, Oh, hi. Hi there. I'm, I'm real hurt. Do you have a place I could lie down? Um, yeah, we've got some comfortable accommodations aboard the ship. Um, maybe you'd be better off there. Is that the guy from the My Favorite Voice You Do? <laughs> <laughs> this is the guy from the, the Ironworks. The metallurgy, yeah. Uh, yeah, Journey looks to all of her fellow adventurers, and are you guys going to be all right if I just go lay down? I'm just having a hell of a time. Uh, yeah, guy, guy give her the, the, mm. the shell, the echo bell. Oh, right, right. Yes, Journey, contact us with this at some point. Okay. Should, should I just tell y'all how I'm doing? Is there something I'm supposed to say? Uh, you could try, hello, Poppy, because I'll have the other one. Hello, Poppy. <laughs> I, I guess it's working. Uh, uh, yeah, I put it in a pocket and head away. The uh, older guy looks back at his crew of sailors and says, could I get a stretcher over here? And uh, you see a wizardly person uh, walk up close to you, uh, throw down a canvas with two little like wooden things on either end of it, and he casts Levitate on it. He sends it underneath you so as to raise you and kind of carry you along. Okay, I try to like sit on it, like almost side saddle, like I'm not sure what to do with this. Yeah. So I kind of just like one butt cheek on it. Like, <laughs> what am I doing? The guy is so hesitant to tell you how to do it right that he's just kind of like making sure you don't fall off and just <laughs> walking with you. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, he takes you onto the main deck, but before he goes down into the uh, below decks, um, he has stopped. You see a man with a peg leg talking to him. He kind of nods and goes, okay, um, 
We're supposed to wait here for just a second. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Okay, good. This man at the very far back of the line of sailors, aeronauts, whatever you want to call them, obviously the captain. He's got an eye patch. He's got a double-jointed peg leg, uh, kind of something between a warforged and a classical peg leg. Uh, he looks every bit a classic pirate. Man, that guy looks really cool. <laughs> he throws his arms out and he does a deep bow to all of you and then he raises back up and then he gestures out a long hand towards the tallest person in the entire lineup. It's a young elf boy, very lithe, very pretty. Starts walking towards you, kind of gesturing to his crewmates on either side as he approaches and he sings. Welcome aboard the heavenly feather. We ride down the wind, whatever the weather. Sing with me now from the back of your throats and stay on your toes because we don't have lifeboats. Wow. The captain looks at him and does kind of a squinty, like, good job, and passes him up and walks towards your group. We need to get one of those for our group. I don't know if anyone volunteers, but... Aren't you a bard? Wouldn't that be you? Uh, Do you not... Oh, you can't sing. You look like you sing. You look like you sing. Not as good as that one. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. Phenom looks down at each of you and he says, That was nice. So this here's the captain. Be polite. And the singing guy? Um, yeah. I, I think his name's like Dan or Kyle or something. Why? I mean, I've just never been greeted with a song, I guess. Eh, Dawn's Edge. You never know with these people. Oh, okay. Do you like him, Poppy? No, I mean, no. I mean, I don't know him. <laughs> you will soon. Uh, also, uh, last minute change of plans. Roland's going to go with you guys. Anyway, um, please, everyone, meet Captain Yarhar. Oh, my God. How do you spell that? Yar-har. Y-A-R-H-A-R. Yarhar, Yarhar, a pirate's life for our. For our. <laughs> for our. <laughs> You hear a heavy clump, and then a jingle, and a clump, and a jingle as Yarhar walks towards you. And then he kind of, like, looks over at your entire group, gives it a big smile, and goes, Hi, how's everybody doing? <laughs> I'm so good, thank you so much. We're happy to be here. Oh, sorry, I'm Poppy. I'm Doran. That was a lovely uh, introduction you gave us. The awful kind of you. He's still learning. I am Guy. You honor us to bring us humble stowaways on your vessel. Stowaways? And you are? Journey's trying not to pass out. Ooh, not doing so good. Let's get her below decks. That's that's Journey. Um, she got hurt on the way here. She did something very foolish, but very brave. Heroic, you hear Roland say. Yeah. And that's Aaron. Oh, yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Aaron. His smile kind of doubles when he sees Aaron, and he goes, Ah, Aaron, it's really nice to meet you. Why does everyone know me? It's <laughs> very strange. I mean, I I kind of thought everyone would know who I was, but... <laughs> they just know you as the cookie girl. And I really need to work on my PR. <laughs> as you may know, this is the Heavenly Feather. We're proud to be taking you out to the clouds. For the first time, I hear. Some of you? Most of you? All of you? Has anyone been to the clouds before? Mm-mm. I have not. Aaron shakes their head no. Okay. Newbies all around. Well, just as well. It's going to be very exciting. Very fun stuff. He turns around and starts kind of like walking away from all of you. As for me, it all started about 20 years ago. I was a pirate for much of my life. True. 
But I turned it all around. I almost died in an altercation in a city called Lamplight Landing. Some wizard there tore my sails to shreds and almost killed me. But ever since then, I started drinking tea and I started listening to people and I really turned things around. I moved to Dawn's Edge and I had been kite gliding for years and then I learned about the ships they were building and I just caught on. So that's a little bit about me. Tell me about yourselves. Uh, may we have questions about the captain? Uh, absolutely. Happy to answer them. How many sky voyages have you captained? <sighs> Hundreds. I mean, nothing on this scale, you know. And he gestures to the ship beneath all of you. Well, hundreds. That makes me feel safe. Is this the first time flying with the Heavenly Father? <laughs> he shakes his head with a quizzical look and says, Heavenly Feather, my good friend. Yeah, yeah, this is the maiden voyage. Um, will it fall out of the sky? Good question, Poppy. Thank you. <laughs> a few of the sailors turn in and look at you like, we never asked that, should we have? <laughs> Yarhar is kind of stunned and shakes his head violently. No, of course not. Well, you just have to make sure with these things. They've been saying it for months. Unsinkable. Nope. <laughs> Fuck. Shit. Journey a lot of has Titanic n- references lately. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't bode well for us. Journey is fully laid down on the stretcher now. Okay. She figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So Maiden Voyage, that's exciting. I'm excited. Um, we actually haven't gotten much of a heading yet. Um, I don't know if it's a surprise or if there's anything you could share about the destination here. No, no, not a surprise at all. Or it shouldn't be. You know you're going to lower, right? A two-week stay? That's what I heard. I was just double-checking. Sure. Smart. He points at you. Smart. Yep. Anyway, uh, I'd like to know a little bit about each of you. Um, who's the owner of this, um, establishment? The Taco Taco Taco. <laughs> Does it still say that, or is it? Phenom looks behind him and goes, oops, and changes it back to the rolling pin. <laughs> Welcome to the rolling pin, where you come for all your cookie needs. I'm Poppy. Uh, shit, I forgot my note cards. Oh, uh, I, I make cookies. I used to have an elevator pitch, and I, I did Oh, don't worry about it, that's fine. Um, we're... Ex- thrilled to have you aboard, actually. I think some of our crew might know your work. Uh, you look back and see, like, two or three excited-looking crewmates. Well, I mean, I have I have been here for a while, so... Uh, uh, as I said before, I am Guy. I am a regular old soldier, but I also moonlight at Poppy's establishment, the Rolling Pin. Very good. And, uh, you, my friend... Uh, Doran, that's me. I uh, just uh, hunt down bad guys. Great to have. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you need to go, that's that's fine. But uh, what happened? There's parts of me that are still smoking and singed. I see that. Were you attacked? Uh, yeah. I, do you have any healing I could have? We certainly do. Let's get you downstairs. He nods up at the man that was attending you before, and uh, he kind of like ushers you below decks. Nice to meet you. Be well, Journey. And Aaron, I've heard great things. I'm I'm really happy to have you aboard. Who who did you hear these things from? Uh, I spoke with Liberia this morning. She said that um, you are to be trusted and honored. Did she say why? No. But she did pay me, so here we are. <laughs> Uh, Aaron shrugs his shoulders and is like, well, good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, great then. You all have the run of the place. Uh, post up wherever you'd like. There's sleeping quarters on the furthest below decks. Uh, any empty room that doesn't have stuff in it, you're welcome to take. There should be enough for each of you. When does the flying time begin? As soon as you're ready. He gestures to his crew, and you just get this unified group at once. I'll just go, <gasps> Wow. This really is amazing. Um, and Aaron walks up to a, like a banister on the edge of the deck mm-hmm. and just looks out over the city. Um, I would see skyships sometimes pass over. <laughs> I'd never thought I'd get the chance to ride one. Yeah, but nothing like this. These spark engines, they're something. We can really fly with these. Not like those personal craft. I mean, I've been on any number of eight-person missions before with those little scooters, whatever you want to call them. It's nothing like this. The unity here, the, the camaraderie, the power of this thing. I mean, look at it. Listen to those engines hum. <laughs> it's just a modem, like from the 1990s, like. It's <laughs> good audio right there. <laughs> it runs on DSL. <laughs> well, you guys let me know if you need anything. Um, I'll be around. You can just holler for me. I'll find you. Should be having supper in four or five hours. Let me know if you're hungry before then. He uh, does like a big sweeping gesture to kind of uh, usher you all onto the ship. Um, Aaron wants to do an insight check on Yarhar. Yeah, do it. Okay. <laughs> you're so evil with these names. Yes, that's good. 20. He seems to be being very polite but he looks eager to kind of get on with it. And he's like, at this point, he is done with your guys' introduction. Does he seem honest in everything he has said so far? Yes. It doesn't look like he's made any attempt to kind of like deceive or double speak anything or to give you like a half truth. Okay. And Phenom, you said something about uh, Roland. Yeah. Um, Roland? Right. Um, I, I'm i going to go with you guys. It's been a long time since I've been out in the clouds. I'm, I miss it. Do you have to, like, recharge that? And Aaron gestures towards, like, the clouds around him. He gives a big smirk and kind of looks at his own bare chest and looks back up at you. That's, I mean, philosophically, yeah, I do need to recharge. Is he naked and just wearing a diaper cloud? Because that's kind of what I'm imagining, the way Um, you describe it. No, he's just got like a a big muscly torso, um, like kind of like dusty, like pale blue skin. Uh, But he is wearing like loose, um, like pajama pant kind of things. Okay, but they don't, Genasi don't have like, they're not like a genie bottom. Like they just have legs. They have legs. I'm a genie with a bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Doran squints at Roland. Sudden change just being up here. Made you want to stay, or? No, um, it was actually when I got back in the wagon. I need a break. He, uh, like, gestures to the, like, blood spatter. I've been in the line of duty for a long time. It's wearing me down. Phenom looks at you and shrugs, Doran, and he says, I suggested it, actually. Okay. Well, I think we should check on Journey, make sure everything is going okay down there. Perhaps you should come with, Roland. You look like you could use a little healing as well. 
Probably right. Yeah. Journey, come in, Journey. This is Poppy. Uh, uh, I hear you, Poppy. What? What's up? Are you okay? I literally just got down here. <laughs> okay, sorry. Click. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Journey, you see Roland come into view down there, and uh, the cleric that was attending you uh, has just been like asking menial questions about like the last couple days and if you've seen any good theater shows lately. Um, and you see Roland walk in. He says, hi, uh, is this where I can get some... Uh, he points to his wound on his stomach. Goes, oh, yeah, yeah, come here. Oh, are you still bleeding? Oh, oh, it's not that bad? Okay. He sits him down and begins attending to him as well. Roland looks at you, Journey, kind of nods. I nod back. Did you not see have red blood? Yeah. Okay. They're people too. <laughs> Heard you're sticking around. Yeah, I am. Phenom uh, Phenom has told me to my face before that I'm not eloquent. All right, is that something that he wants you to be? Probably, but the point is I I can't thank you enough, I don't think. There's not enough time in my life to thank you for saving me. Rolly. <laughs> Journey frowns. I mean, it seemed like Phenom was pretty ready to leave you behind there, and I just didn't think that was right. And all of this this group of people has been trying their best to help each other out. You helped us out. Couldn't do any less. The difference is I was doing my job, and you were doing what you thought was right. That matters a lot. And Phenom made the right call. You were the priority. All of you. Not me. Not us. But thank you. I'll say it as many times as I get the opportunity to, to thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I guess. Only thing I can ask is you keep trying to help my friends. Uh, back on the upper decks, it's a damn shame that Journey missed this, but the ship unceremoniously begins to move. It releases from the docking area. The rolling pin is still kind of standing on the main deck, just sitting up there. And the ship lurches. You can all feel it shudder as it detaches from the main tower, and it begins to angle downwards towards the clouds, as if it's just free-falling. Does the rolling pin move? The rolling pin starts rolling forwards very slightly. <laughs> oh, some... Guy is going to brace against it, too prevent it from rolling. I forgot to put the brake on. Yeah, Guy, it's like gently pushing you across the polished wooden floor of the main deck <laughs> as you're trying to hold it in place. Oh, oh, uh -oh, I... uh oh. <laughs> you feel the ship begin to lean more and more into a nosedive going off the cliff. Somebody stop that! When, do, when does the flying start? <laughs> you see all of the sailors here are grabbing ropes and rigging and railings and they're all holding tight with these mad grins on their faces. They're all just staring at the clouds. <laughs> the top of the roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> and then the ship catches itself and begins to right just as you're getting towards the base of the winged spire. It begins to level out and kind of skim right over the top of the clouds. You can feel the wind in your face. You're crying little tears as the wind kind of cuts into you and makes it difficult to see. But before you, bigger than ever, more in your face than ever, you see massive, billowing clouds. 
You know, you've got the regular clouds in the actual sky high above you, but below that, here in the crater, at the surface level, you've got this extra blanket of cumulus clouds, all these fluffy, giant storm cells, it looks like. As you pass over them, as you depart from the cliff's edge, you begin to look down, and sometimes there are breaks in the clouds, there are little gaps that are kind of difficult to see from the city's edge, but when you look down through this gap in the clouds, you can see another layer of clouds beneath you, another blanket, almost half mile down. It seems there's strata to the clouds here. Is it clouds all the way down? (laughs) Yarhar catches you looking and he says, not all the way down. There's three layers. Have you been to all of the layers? As many as a person can. Up here, we've got the regular atmosphere that you're all used to. You've got the regular clouds high up in the sky above us, and you've got the clouds laid out before us here. That's the regular atmosphere. But underneath that, underneath these clouds, and he points to the clouds below you, he says, that place is called upper cumula between the first two layers of clouds. The one below it is upper? (laughs) I agree. The jargon's a little misguided, but stay with me. I almost assuredly will not. (laughs) (laughs) Below that, we've got lower cumula. It's a little more rainy there, wet, windy, dark. But at the bottom of lower cumula is something that we can't really deal with. There's a fine mist about half mile down. We just call it the null substrata. Problem is, it cancels out magic entirely. If our ships even touch it, they'll plummet. Right, right, right. And we never go there. Not for any reason. It's certain death. Okay, good. Just making sure. It may look infinite, but it's actually fairly limited, the safe places. Will we be staying in the regular atmosphere for this trip? No, not for all of it. In fact... The Isle of Lore is in Lower Cumula. It'll be a little choppy coming in, but nothing I haven't dealt with before. Except for on a ship this size that you've never flown before. And that's the connection I didn't want you to make. (laughs) I'm sure your expertise will get us there safely, Captain. There's the confidence I hoped you would have. (laughs) And do any of you have experience with kite gliders, just in case? Uh, Nope, not here. I'm a ground people. Thank you. Same. It's definitely not a favorite hobby of mine. Like I said, I've never even been near an airship, I guess, until a couple days ago. Not a problem, because there aren't going to be any emergencies. It's just good to know. If any of you do know how to use them, you're free to take one out whenever you need to. He uh, gestures towards a stand-up closet on the main deck, and just then you see one of the crew members open it up, grab a large, flat, it looks like a flute case, but it's like six feet tall. They unfold it and open it up, and then they stretch it out like a giant folding fan, and they jump off the edge of the ship. Cool. Is it like Aang's glider? Yes. Man overboard! (laughs) Nope, don't worry about it. He's fine. How does he come back? Oh, looks over the edge. Not even a man. Uh, You see, like, the person like swiftly whip back up and land on the deck, and you see a woman kind of, like, close the folded wings and set them back down. How does she come back? <laughs> that was very impressive. Uh, she heard that, and she blushes and smirks. <laughs> she looks at you and says, I could teach you. Uh, but I'd, I'd have to charge. 
<laughs> I can pay you in milkshakes. <laughs> I like the sound of that. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm I'm good just watching from down here. <sighs> so many are. Yes, one step at a time, I think. How close are the clouds to the edge of the deck? Um, when you came, like when you first leveled out, you were actually very close to the clouds such that you were practically like bellying out on them. Mm-hmm. And then he had the ship kind of pull up again to give you some clearance. Is it like cutting through cloud? Like you can't see the bottom of the ship if you were looking at the ship from a far away? That's how it started, but it's not like that anymore. Now it's yeah. just in the air. Yep. Okay. I'm just curious. Yarhair says, uh, one last thing before I let you all go. Um, I give this to everyone that steps aboard the ship. It's just... My three rules for flying in the clouds. Do not forget these. One, don't touch down where you can't take off. That's a very frustrating situation to be in. Number two, don't fly at night. How do you, um, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Are all of your journeys like during the day then? At night, you just idle. You do your best not to move too fast. It seems... Again, infinite out here, but you'd be surprised how easy it is to crash into somebody else. Right. Totally safe. That sounds normal. <laughs> Number three is give it all you got. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you a little aside, Poppy, and he says, if pressed, you can fly at night. But third. You can break a rule. <laughs> but third and most important, stay out of the fucking clouds. <laughs> I think that is going to be impossible. He points down and he says, do not, for any reason, fly into a cloud. What's in there? Great timing. And he points, and you can see this huge, like, cumulus cloud, this giant, silvery, bulbous-bellied thing that is moving away from you in the wind. And as it does, you see a giant cliff edge come out of nowhere. You see an entire island, the first skyland you've ever seen up close now. It's called the High Shire. Uh, halflings exclusively live here. Um, My people. That's why you don't fly into the clouds. You never know what's in there. So you never touch down? You can touch down. You just have to be able to see where you're going. Oh, okay, yeah. That I'm learning a lot about ships. Yeah, sorry. I've taken up way too much of your time. You all have a great afternoon. I'll catch up with you later. Thank you, Captain. He looks back at you and says, Yar, uh, sorry, yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, You've all been turned loose to explore the ship at your leisure. Um, Yarhar let you know before parting that uh, you would arrive at the Isle of Lore tomorrow morning, that you're going to spend a night out here. What are you all doing? I'm going to go find the kitchen. Okay. What is it? The galley? What would you call it on a ship? Yeah, for fear of using the wrong word. (laughs) Galley is correct. Let's say galley. Yeah, okay. Galley it is. Uh, yes, the galley is on the first floor once you start heading below decks. Uh, so this is a giant open room, a big like mess hall, but done with elegant finery. Everything is like polished, shined, almost like glassy woodwork, trimmed with uh, brass in some places, with steel in others. Uh, very classically assembled, but beautiful and warm. And there's a, a large, literally a stone hearth in here, which is like a bit much for a wooden ship. It is the Titanic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I haven't I haven't used one of these since I was home. Um, yeah, there's there's two giant oversized tables and a bunch of comfy chairs, and uh, there's full food service in here. There's just a chef at the back of the room and a kind of like a food service kiosk, and he just says, "Can I help you with something?" Oh, um, 
Nothing much. I was just wondering if you needed any help. Do I need help? Yeah. Do you? Uh, he looks behind him. There's like no other people back there, and it's like a total mess. He says, "Yes." All right, Poppy Kenmore, at your service. Are you for real? Of course I'm for real. Why would I offer? Right, you can get started right now. He throws an apron at you. He says, we've got to get dinner ready for a crew of 55. Perfect. I'm not usually used to being the sous chef, but I'm fine with that. What do you need me to do? I'm not just a soup chef. We do a lot here. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to chop? I'll chop. You want me to wash dishes? I'll do that. Yeah. Let's get cleaned up first. He uh, steps off of a stool. You notice it's a bullywug? It is a frog person. (laughs) Okay. So he's got really long legs, so he can, like, stand up to, like, you know, get to the top of the counter. But when he squats back down, he's quite small. Cool. I um, dig Pinch out of my shirt, and I put him down, and I also cast Unseen Servant. Uh, He kind of of mechanically, automatically grabs Pinch and uh, throws him into the oven. No! No! I grab him back out. (laughs) I'm sorry, sir, but this is not food. This is Pinch, and he is my right-hand man. Uh, sorry, I didn't see the face. Of course, it's it's your friend. Somewhere a single tear falls down, guys. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're my left-hand man. <laughs> He's also staring with wide eyes at the unseen servant as it washes dishes. Yes, um, and I dust Pinch off, and I'm like, you're just a little bit scorched. It's okay. He looks behind him, and he's got, like, a little blackened crispy buns. Oh. And he looks back up at you and does, like, sad puppy eyes. No, they look they look very dashing. I think you can pull it off. He gives it, like, a little wiggle. <laughs> and then he, like, waves to get your attention again. Yes, what? He puts his hands on his knees, and he begins to twerk his oh. butt towards <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Get, get to work, Pinch. He smiles and begins getting to work. Okay. And the three of us help the frogman. Yeah. Um, yeah, you do a great job at it, actually. Uh, you get the place, like, shining clean in a matter of minutes. Um, he seems much relieved. He says, what is your name? Poppy Kenmore, like I said. <laughs> I'm very forgetful. <laughs> and who's this? And he looks down at Pinch. Uh, this is Pinch. <laughs> and what is going on over here? And looks at the unseen servant. <laughs> I didn't name that one. <laughs> Rinse, repeat for the next two hours. <laughs> what are the rest of you doing? I think maybe Guy wants to check out the engine. Wow. <laughs> sure. If the DM is yep. ready for that sort of thing. Okay. The engine <laughs> is... <laughs> I can do something else. No, it's not... great. It's great. Um... Okay. Uh, Doran, would you like to accompany me to the engine room? Engine room? Um, it's where they keep the engine. That sounds really cool. Yeah, let's let's check it out. See, we have a little one of these in Poppy's cart, and I've always wanted to find a way to make it run better, but I just do not understand the mechanics of it all. Me neither. This is definitely going faster than the rolling pin. Room for improvement. Somewhere a tear rolls down Poppy's cheek. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you make your way down to the engine room. You actually have to go past what you thought was the last floor of this place. Uh, So it goes galley, um, living quarters. Below that is storage. And below storage is the engine room. There's only two other people in the engine room when you get there. And all they're doing is feeding these three independent furnaces every now and then when they need bismite. 
In the center of the room is a horde of bismite like you've never seen. It is a pile in a uh, metal container on the ground. There's probably nearly 100 pounds of bismite in this container. And I want to address something right at this minute. Pounds makes no sense for bismite because it's a weightless, magical, metallic crystal. We'll figure out a unit of measurement. I'm going to keep calling it pounds. Okay. Yeah. Magic pounds. Magic pounds. When it's stuck in place, it has pounds. Maybe. It's got pounds of resistance, I guess. The two attendants down here silently acknowledge you as you enter and keep a very close eye on you as you move about in here. Have you ever seen so much bismite from one place? No. It seems to be exactly what they wanted to hear because they both smirk at each other. And they're like, yeah, we got so much bismite. <laughs> Biz boys. <laughs> Biz boys. It must be worth, um, what's a large amount of gold, Doran? Uh, thousands. Wow. Yeah. Thousands of gold. Just think how much you could do with all that gold. 15,000. 15,000. Give or take. Yeah. It's no big deal. It's an expensive trip. Well, yeah. These are expensive ships. Who pays for all this? They look at each other again. Libera? Wow. I don't know if I've heard of her. Hmm. Uh, Doran sits down and pulls out an ink and parchment and is kind of sketching this out a little bit. Hmm. Can you draw? Schematics. One of them notices you doing this, uh, the one that hadn't been talking. He says, uh, excuse me, um, we're actually not supposed to let anybody, uh, well, this is all proprietary information. Oh, sorry. Okay. Understood. Yeah, we were just curious, you know. I am an operator of a small bismite engine myself. Oh, are you working on the Mark III already? If there are any marks, I suspect there are just one. (laughs) A Mark I. So an older model, but it's a good spark engine. It leaves some to be desired. It does not move very quickly. I'm going to crumple up my parchment. Sorry, that was really rude. I should have assumed. Um, You seem mechanically minded then. You, You don't just load this. You actually... This is a passion of yours? Absolutely. Uh, the two of us designed this. You designed this? We That's amazing. We Hold on. We didn't design it. We we assembled this. and I mean, the configuration, and that's all us. Yeah, sure. That's amazing. Uh, um, I don't, I, you're really busy with this trip. I, never mind. We, we shouldn't even ask. Thanks for letting us. Uh, no, no. What? What was it? I glance over at Guy. Well, okay. Um, tell you what. Um, we got a small, well, guy here, and and is a uh, uh, the, the the owner of the rolling pin. Um, anyways, uh, guy and I were curious if perhaps yes we we you could uh, maybe mm-hmm. just take a glance at yes the engine we're working with and see if you could give us just any any free advice on how to just get it to move at a faster clip so to speak absolutely we can give you a tune-up yeah i'd love to i mean actually things are pretty good down here with there should be good for another hour or two let's um let's go really yeah awesome wow yeah i'm sure we can get you some free cookies and stuff at at the very least they look at each other that's right you're the yeah you're the cookie um great yes (laughs) yeah they follow you up to the upper deck where the rolling pin is still sitting and as soon as they kind of pop the hood so to speak uh the one you had been talking to looks over at his friend and he goes, oh, it's um, it's a levitator, actually. Not a Mark I? The other guy goes, oh, yeah. No, these are these are still plenty powerful, really 
fine piece of kit here. You got levitator. Um, as for speed, I think there's something we could do. Um, yeah. He uh, leans down. They start whispering to each other. Yeah, I think I could safely take off the regulator here. That would give you maybe 10 miles an hour. That's like twice as fast as it was going. <laughs> it's literally twice as fast. It's not rated to go that fast, but it safely can. I love it. I'm sure Poppy would be totally fine with this, right? Let's do it. No, we need to ask permission. Yeah. <laughs> there's no downside, right? It's not going to... Yeah. I'm just going to assume there's no downside. Once she see how fast it goes, she'll be like, why couldn't it go faster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he starts quietly laughing to himself and he goes, yeah, I agree. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, he pulls out like a little metal piece and he just throws it off the side of the ship and he goes, that should do you. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had thought of that. Hmm. That's that's great. Thank you. I know you're super busy. It was really cool seeing the engine. And we, we definitely appreciate the help. Please stop by uh, anytime after 4 a.m. That's when we wake up. Oh, early, early risers. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll be around. Um, of course, we'll be you know stuck in the stuck in the old engine room. Um, but please give us a visit. We get very bored in there, and uh, be happy to show you the schematics. I can't give you a drawing, but I can show you. You know, cool. Thank you so much, sir. It's good to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. We can do names later. <laughs> I didn't want to put you on the spot, but uh, <laughs> yeah, engine guys, engine guys, <laughs> Joey engine. Aaron, do you know what you'd want to do on this ship? Is it easy or difficult to tell what time of day it is on the ship? Below decks, extremely difficult. Upper decks, pretty easy. And the clouds don't mess with the light in a weird way that makes, like, telling time from the sun hard? They do a little bit, but only when you're down a layer. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's like when you're yep. above the clouds, you're fine. So when you're in the regular atmosphere, basically, it's exactly. fine. Exactly, yep. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Um, what time of day is it? Not too long after you guys had taken off. It's coming up on supper time pretty soon. Okay. Aaron's still kind of up on the main deck just looking out. Um, but as they are standing there, um, I just want to make an observation of how busy the deck seems, kind of trying to match faces. I'm basically scoping out the place. I match faces to what they're working on, try to determine if they keep working on the same job, it seems like. Like, do they have assignments? Give me an investigate with advantage. Uh, Fifteen. So you notice that some people are extremely proficient at what they're doing. Others aren't. You make a note that it is the more like physically fit, like the burlier people that have a little more trouble getting around. They don't quite know what they're doing. Aaron is going to just walk around the ship kind of being pleasant. You know, people greet her and stuff like that. Um, but then as they're walking around, they are going to try to take note of hidey holes, secret places, good spots for Aaron to take cover. Yeah. Um, the galley has quite a few good hiding spots. That's the eating mess hall banquet area. Mm -hmm. um, the storage room is extremely easy to hide in because nobody ever really spends any time in there. Living quarters, it's usually pretty packed. There are some places to hide, but there's a lot of foot traffic in there. And then is there only one main path up and down or can Aaron locate any other like um, side stairwells or like little ways to get up and down? Are there ropes on the side of the ship? Like I'm just trying to find alternate routes besides the main routes yeah. if needed. So there are four up and down paths. Um, so there's two in the front, two in the back, kind of flanking either side of this ship. Um, you have noticed also that Captain Yarhar must have some kind of secret access 
he changes levels at places he shouldn't be able to. Do I suspect he is using magic? No, you suspect his office has its own stairway. Okay. Um, I'm going to watch Captain Yarhar, and as soon as he is not near his office, I'm going to try to break in to his office. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's do that. Maybe like when he heads off to dinner or something. Perfect. Uh, yeah, you hear uh, a melodic chime play out from the banquet hall, and you hear... Everyone come, the food is ready. Come down here to fill your belly. <laughs> yes. You hear Yarhar like opens the door to his office and it's like sprints out and then like steps back a couple paces and closes his door and then runs back towards the banquet hall. And he goes, it's dinner time, everybody. The singing intern. He's not getting paid. He's just singing. He's not very good. <laughs> um, yeah. Yarhar disappears towards the banquet hall, leaving the door unlocked right in front of you. Oh, great. I'm going to um, check for traps. Okay. Not great. Investigation? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, only uh, seven to detect any traps around here. Okay. Investigation. None that you see, yeah. Okay. I'm just going to slowly push open the door um, to his unlocked office. Yep gives a little bit of a creak as you do so but there's so much rabble from everybody like racing down the steps and up the steps to get to the banquet hall first before they run out of italian dunkers um, italian dunkers <laughs> i'm better than that <laughs> it's got baking though yeah poppy anything you wanted to throw into that meal to make it a little better uh well it is italian dunkers okay <laughs> but i did like a roasted garlic spread on top oh beautiful yeah and Some i real made a, a, a very uh, special like robust dipping sauce okay yeah Any, thomas had to google italian dunkers i've never heard you know, that oh is this in a minnesota is, oh, is, is it just minnesota is this a minnesota italian dunkers elementary school? cheese bread yes yeah, cheese bread it's cheese bread and marinara that you get from elementary school and also high school yeah. but they put it on like Quarter of a, a sub bun. Yeah. So it was huge. Yum. So good. Aaron, you push open this door and gently close it behind you. You are in Yarhar's office with no other people. What do I see with my eyes? Uh, you see a large uh, kind of rounded window in the front that is reinforced with steel trim to help the glass not shatter when little things collide with it. Um. In front of that, you see a large desk. You see on the desk a bunch of uh, scrawled notes and papers. Um, he had been writing something very recently. His desk has six drawers on either side, uh, each of them having little brass keyholes. Um, the first thing Aaron wants to do is try to find the secret stairwell that she they think he's been using. Um, not hard to find. In fact, you see it right away. It had, the door had been left open. The door is narrower than others, so it doesn't look like a real door. It looks like a sort of like broom closet kind of thing. Um, but it's a narrow stairwell that winds through this entire place, so he can get to any level by himself. I think I want to find all the entrances to this secret stairwell on the other floors real quick. Sure. So I'm going to run up and down and do that. Yep. Um, you notice that some of them are locked, uh, but they're all built to look like wall paneling. Mm. There's no difference between them and then the other sections of the walls. Cool. Have I unlocked secret passages now? Yes. You can <laughs> move yes. about this place uh, pretty well by yourself. Got an achievement. Yay. Okay. That is very important to me. And then I'm going to just go back into Darhar's office one more time. And you know I got to look in those desk drawers. Okay. I'm a thief. Okay. Mm. You know I got to pick them locks. You come into Yarhar's office, 
and sitting at Yarhar's desk, his face full of marinara sauce, as Captain Yarhar. <laughs> and I think we'll end it there. No! Oh, Thanks for listening to Cloudfall. I'm Hannah playing Aaron. I'm Thomas and I am Guy. I'm Maggie and I play Poppy Kenmore. I'm Tara and I play Journey. Hey, I'm John and I play Doran. And I'm Tim, your GM and all the other people. See you in the next one.